Is Kenneth Walker the most valuable dynasty running back right now? All that and more in this episode of Locked Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Picks uh, two to six players, and if they score more or less in their Prize Pick projection, you can win up to twenty-five times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a one hundred percent instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars with promo code Locked On. That is PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. She. Is Kate Magic? Follow her on Twitter at Kate Magic. Kate, we've got the Super Bowl matchup. Are you excited? I am. And I feel like going into this weekend, there was literally no wrong answer, right? Like there was nothing that we could see from a, a one of these four teams that felt like it was going to be not a fun Super Bowl. Uh, again, that was, you know, before the Brock Purdy injury sent the 49ers into oblivion, but it, it feels like this truly is the matchup between the two best teams in the NFL. And I'm feeling kind of grateful for that. Uh, we had an interesting championship weekend too, like uh, lots of drama, lots of, lots of drama. Um, I, brief thought before we get into all of the action and, and all that. Um, how do you feel about the NFL? Is it rigged Marcus Mosher? <laughs> No, it's not rigged, um, <laughs> but the officiating is at an all-time low. Like, we just have incompetent officiating, and it's, it's that way in both the games. I think – I don't know if the outcomes get changed if the officiating is better because I think the Chiefs and the Eagles are just the best two teams, and they proved that in the regular season. But, man, the games would have been a lot more fun if we just had better officiating. That's all. Yeah, it, it's just um, – I, I think – you just hate leaving those games with question marks. But it, regardless, I, I do think we're getting the two best teams. I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes on one leg. Uh, turns out it's better than most quarterbacks, yeah. uh, if not all, on two legs. So yep. there's our all right. answer. All right. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the Seahawks and the Buccaneers, two teams that had wildly different seasons despite the records being pretty close uh, this year. Let's start with Seattle. Um we don't need to get into the debate who's the most valuable dynasty asset. It's it's Kenneth Walker. But the question I have for you is, going into the offseason, do you value Kenneth Walker as the, as the top running back uh, in the league right now from a dynasty perspective? You know, I, I do think there is still merit to having Jonathan Taylor as RB1. But I that that's to say, I still think Kenneth Walker is a huge value. So, Looking at the uh, average draft position on Dynasty League football for the month of January, Kenneth Walker came in shockingly at RB4. RB4, and I think this is like um, mind-blowing for me, uh, came in behind Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, and Brees Hall, who same same class, obviously Brees Hall I think would have been uh, everybody's pick for offensive rookie of the year if he had continued on that trajectory prior to the torn ACL. Um, but I am kind of shocked given the torn ACL, given the um, 
you know, performance that we saw from both of these guys that uh, Kenneth Walker doesn't get the edge here over Brees Hall, given the the lack of uh, it, or the lack of torn ACL. So I guess given the sure. fact that his ACL is intact and uh, he's set to be healthy, what is that about? Yeah. I... I kind of think Walker is the most valuable running back for a couple of reasons, right? Like he's on a team that wants to run the ball. The only thing that makes you a little bit nervous is like, does Pete Carroll not lean into giving him all this work? And do they try to use other running backs and do they take him off the field and passing downs? I, I, I'm not too worried about it. I think as a rookie, I think Pete Carroll was trying not to overwork his young running back. I got to believe in year two, he's just going to get better in the passing game. He's going to get more chances and targets. I, I just think with his speed, with his power, with the size, with on a team that wants to run the ball with, I think an improving offensive line and he's super young. I kind of think he is the most valuable running back. I really do. Now I, I love Kenneth Walker and I think especially comparatively when we're looking at the running backs around him, yes, absolutely. Kenneth Walker, huge value, especially based on the trajectory of this team, based on the usage. I mean, to close out the season, Kenneth Walker was that dude, Rashad Penny, free agent. Like This feels like his team moving forward, and it feels like, um, you know, the, you know, the problems they have on offense or whatever you want to call them, uh, certainly not not an issue right now in their current state. I think Geno Smith comes back. Um, I, I like that pick, but Marcus, I actually, I think there's another buy in the Seattle Seahawks organization that we should probably talk about. Yes. Let's, uh, let's talk about our favorite buys for the Seahawks uh, right after a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Pick projection, you can win up to twenty-five times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They are currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. Just download the Price Pick app or go to PricePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. That means if you deposit $100, price picks will give you $100. You deposit $50, price picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, Kate, who are you buying from the Seahawks offense going into the offseason? I'm going with Geno Smith. I, I, already, I already shouted this guy out a little bit, but... I, I do think we have to uh, buy into him a little bit in terms of his dynasty value. He is expected to sign a contract extension with this team. Uh, there's mutual interest on both sides. And why wouldn't there be? He led all quarterbacks with 100 or more pass attempts with 69.9% completion rate, uh, 4,500 pass yards, another 366 yards on the ground. He was just one of six quarterbacks to have 30 or more passing touchdowns. And it, you know, he, he looked good. He was efficient. He utilized his Definitely. weapons extremely well. 
And that translated to fantasy value, not to mention that extra 366 yards he had on the ground. That is a, a you know, just a, a give me for fantasy points. How could we not be buying into Geno Smith? And when you look at his value right now, um, some recent trades. Let's let's go through some recent trades involving Geno Smith, courtesy of DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Uh, Geno Smith for Zach Wilson and Jalen Warren. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. It's Geno. It's Geno. Uh, how about Geno Smith and Brian Robinson for Derek Carr and a second and third round pick? That's closer for me, but I like Brian Robinson, so I'll I'll, I'll go with that side. I, I just feel like there's a lot of value here. Yeah. Um, Geno Smith and a third for a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 second round pick. Yeah, give me Gino. I think there's value here. And I think like, uh, I mean, looking at the weapons, like you're going to trust DK Metcalf. You're going to trust Tyler Lockett, two of, um, you know, I think the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL right now. Um, one of the most underrated receiving duos in the league by far. And Geno Smith is probably going to be the starting quarterback throwing to them. Um, I, I think we can, uh, you know, I, I'm sure it seems reasonable to expect some regression, um, but I still think, uh, you know, there's, there's not a lot of quarterbacks that you can get, uh, you know, between QB 15 and QB 20 that, you know, have QB one upside. I, I mean, he's so cheap right now and it seems like he's going to be back. It makes sense. The team should be even more loaded this offseason with two first round picks and a bunch of salary cap space. Uh, but that's actually not the guy that I'm buying. Okay. Whoa. I think it's DK Metcalf for me. Um, we were really worried about DK Metcalf going into the season without Russell Wilson. And all he did was set career highs and targets, uh, receptions. Uh, he had over a thousand yards this season. We actually saw the fewest amount of touchdowns that he scored, which suggests maybe we see some positive touchdown regression. I think Tyler Lockett um, could potentially be moved this offseason. I don't know how much longer he's going to continue to be a big part of the offense, despite having a really good season. But I, I can remember like two years ago when DK Metcalf was the dynasty wide receiver one. Like it, it wasn't that long ago. And now he's wide receiver 12. And there's some receivers that are like four or five years older than him, like a Stefan Diggs, that are being drafted multiple spots ahead of him. And I just think DK Metcalf at age 25 with his size, with his connection with Geno, maybe we see even more targets next year. Maybe we, instead of we 140 targets, we see 160 targets. Maybe instead of six touchdowns, we see 12 touchdowns. If he does that kind of stuff, he's right back into being a top five wide receiver. Yeah, I, I think it's really easy to forget that DK Metcalf literally just turned 25. Like, he is yeah. a physical specimen. We know his ceiling is sky high. Um, and I, I think he showed us the floor is, like, relatively stable uh, in a year where everybody was completely out on this dude because of the questions at quarterback. Um, I think Geno Smith has done his part to to make us feel comfortable in the future of DK Metcalf and stability. You know. Like that's all we wanted yeah. was some stability here. And now that he has it, I just think the market has it corrected itself enough. Yet. And I'm not suggesting that he should be wide receiver six or anything like that, but like, I think wide receiver 
eight, nine is where he should be ranked, and you can get him cheaper than that. So I'm buying DK Metcalf. I like it. I like uh, it. I, I I'm feeling good about the Seahawks right now and yeah. their their value well, in Dynasty leagues. As good as you feel about the Seahawks is as bad as I feel about Tampa Bay, which we should just <laughs> get into. Um, what a disaster season for Tampa Bay. Um, let's get into some of their assets. The most valuable asset from this team from this year in going forward is Chris Godwin. Is sure. <laughs> it's literally, uh, it's really hard to find uh, an asset that you like in this team. But I, I think Robin, by Chris, the way, on Dynasty League football, it is, that that is who's the highest ranked Tampa Bay player. He's only twenty six years old. Uh, let's remember in a season where uh, he was coming off a torn ACL just a year ago, um, he he absolutely performed, and he performed as his team's wide receiver one. Um, I, I think Chris Godwin, incredibly underrated, especially in full PPR formats. But, um, you know, I, I think what's most encouraging for me in regards to Chris Godwin uh, in his return from injury, saw a career high 142 targets, hit that century mark in terms of receptions, 104 receptions on the year, had a thousand receiving yards, only had three touchdowns. But, um, you know, the, the touchdowns aren't even where my concern lies. Like we saw a, it was a really inefficient season for Chris Godwin. He's seen a decline in his yards per reception every single year uh, since 2019, his Pro Bowl season. But I, I think there's 100% room for uh, a bounce back here, right? Like there's no way we uh, continue to see this decline. I do think we're going to see some positive regression in terms of his efficiency in yards per touch, yards after the catch. Um, I, I think there's there's a lot to like about Chris Godwin. He's right now being ranked as wide receiver 17. Uh, some players in that similar range, uh, Debo Samuel, 27 years old. Uh, how do we feel about Debo or Chris Godwin? Debo by a lot. Interesting. Okay, because yeah. I'm taking Chris Godwin here. Um there's going to be a lot of instabilities, I think, within this Bucks organization. But for me, Chris Godwin, uh, especially in full PPR formats, feels like he's just going to kind of continue to cruise. Um, how about uh, Chris Godwin or DJ Moore? I'll take DJ Moore. Really? Godwin's a sell for me in Dynasty this year for a couple different reasons. Um, I don't think Tom Brady's coming back. And Tampa Bay just set a record for the most passing attempts in the history of the NFL. Godwin, in 15 games, because he missed two games, had 142 targets. Uh, he's just not going to get that next year with whoever's the quarterback. And I think there's a chance that Tampa Bay just has one of those reset years where they go out and get a low-level starting quarterback like a, oh, I don't know, a Baker Mayfield or a, you know, choose your name, right? Like, you know, the list of guys, Andy Dalton, Teddy Bridgewater, and we see him go from 140 targets down to 110 and the efficiency doesn't get any better. And he maybe scores four touchdowns. I I think um, if I can flip him for Debo Samuel, I do that in a heartbeat. That's my opinion. Interesting. See, I'm, I'm very much of the mindset that like, I, I think we saw a decline in his efficiency, not just because uh, of, like this god awful offense, but um, again, reminding that this is a player that was 
returning from a torn ACL suffered uh, late, late last season. Uh, But I do think the yards per reception has to increase. Um, I I still think there's, there's room for improvement and yards after the catch per reception. Um, We've seen that, that be higher than it was this season. I'm just, I will say this. I, part of me wonders if Goblin isn't traded this off season. Um, if Tampa Bay, let's say Tampa Bay, Tom Brady doesn't come back and they're just trying to reset things. Okay. Right now, Tampa Bay is $55 million over the salary cap. 55 million. Now they could save if they, if they trade him as a post June one guy, they could save 20 million. There's so many teams out there that need receivers. Maybe you get a first round pick, a late first round pick for for Godwin, and you kind of restart this. You know, you you do a rebuild because I could see like the Giants being like, "Hey, Godwin is an upgrade over anybody we have. Come take our twenty second pick or whatever it is." Um, that would be the way that I get excited. But as we go into the year, I can't in good faith be excited about Godwin. I I think that's fair. Um... Are there any players you are excited about in this offense? That's the question for me. No. I mean, I kind of like Kate Otten as a deep you know, dynasty tight end who got on the field a little bit this year. Um, I think he's going to be their tight end one next year, but it's, it's, not, it's not great. It's not great. It's not great. No. It's not great at all. We have uh, Leonard Fournette, also very disappointing this season. Um, had plenty of touches, saw plenty of work. If he's traded before June 1st, uh, the team could save $5.4 million in, in cap. It feels like, uh, if they can find a trade partner, that would be the move. They do save a little bit more money, uh, if they trade as opposed to, uh, releasing Leonard Fournette. Um, so if they can find a trade partner, sure. So would that change your mind about Rashad White? Are you interested in Rashad White? Is the question. No. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, I just man. I, I don't like how interested uh, interested am I in Rashad White on a bad offense? It's probably not going to be in the red zone very often. Um, it's it's a little bit of a dynasty wasteland, okay? But I will tell you, there is one player that I'm buying from this offense that I want to talk to you about after we get back from the break. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. We are really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sportsbook in America. It's FanDuel, and if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. If you download FanDuel now, you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in your bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on anything and everything from money lines to point spreads to who will score a touchdown to how long the National Anthem will be to what color Gatorade's going to be dumped on Nick Sirianni's head after they win. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid instantly when you win. I mean, it, it comes into your account right away. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, Kate. The one player that I am buying for this offense 
is Mike Evans, just because we've gotten to a point with Evans where he is so cheap right now. Uh, he's being drafted as wide receiver 32. And what do we know about Mike Evans? It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It doesn't matter how banged up he is. All he's going to do is get you 1,000 yards every single season. Some years he's going to get you double-digit touchdowns. I, I just think with a player like him at wide receiver 32, like give me him over Deontay Johnson all day who's being drafted as wide receiver 30. See, I think the fact that you're buying Mike Evans is really interesting because I do think that of these two assets, uh, like let's talk about the receiving core. Uh, we talked about Chris Godwin. I think Chris Godwin feels like the much safer uh, and less volatile asset I, I think in it's terms of quarterback play. Okay. Because um, I, I do think that I think of Mike Evans much more, um, especially in a full PPR or yeah, especially in a full PPR format. Um, I, I think of him as the much more volatile, uh, big play guy. And you sure. look at Chris Godwin as, you know, he's, he is a slot receiver. He's always going to get that work over the middle. Um, and we know that those guys are pure money in full PPR format. So it does feel like there's a little bit, um, it just feels like Chris Godwin is a little bit less dependent on, uh, play success on quarterback success. Um, and, you know, he might not be necessarily as efficient, but Mike Evans, I, I worry about Mike Evans a little bit. I, I do think he's a player in decline. Let's be clear. Like he's just not the same as he was four or five years ago. He's not, but I think with his style and his size and his catch radius, like he's just going to be one of these guys that it might not look pretty week to week, but you end up at a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. And it's like, Oh, he did it again. It, I mean, it, I'm not. I'm never going to doubt his 1,000 receiving yard mark because it. I, he's just going to hit it year in, year out. There, there are no questions about that. But um, I, I think in terms of volatility, you're going to get a much safer floor with Chris Godwin. And I do think that um, you're. I don't. Know, you're getting more youth. I. I, I don't know. I, I we disagree on this one, but I think That's we fine. should flip it over to the listeners, and they can let us know who would you prefer to buy at cost, uh, knowing that Mike Evans is a much more uh, acquirable asset. Would you rather get the aging Mike Evans, who is much more dependent on quarterback play, or would you rather get stud Chris Godwin, who can defy all odds and is younger and shinier? I don't know. Let us know I'm on awesome. social. I'm also buying Tom Brady this offseason. Oh, no, Marcus. Okay, I think we close out the show here. <laughs> what? Why? Tell why? me why. Tell me why, because tell me why. He threw um, the ball 730 times this year. And what did it And he only to? had 25 touchdowns. I think there's a lot of positive touchdown regression that could come. He had 40 touchdowns in 2020, 43 in 2021. I think he wherever he goes – he's going to make sure he goes to an offense that's loaded with talent, right? And with a good offensive line, I just could see a situation where he ends up with the Raiders and now you're throwing to Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and a new look offensive line. And it's not super pretty and efficient, but based on sheer volume, he gets you low end QB one production and it doesn't really cost you anything. Like he's being drafted as QB 18 right now. It's we nothing. don't even know if he's going to be in the league though. Like that, that's the biggest yeah. question. He had, uh, he had five top 12 performances this year. Um, 
most of the year, he didn't really do all that much for you, despite that extremely high passing volume, ranked second in uh, air yards thrown, uh, fifth in air yards completion, completed among quarterbacks, finishes the, the QB 10. But on a week-to-week basis, it didn't mean all that much, Marcus. Like, that is my question about Tom Brady is – um, what does that really mean? I mean, last last season also saw a very high passing volume, uh, but he had eight games of 30 or more fantasy points this year. Um, despite all that volume, just two games of 30 or more fantasy points. Um, and, and one of it's them came. It's the touchdowns that he just didn't have this year. But do you expect a 45-year-old man to, like, there has to be a, a point of regression. Right. And I think we started to see it this year and you just have to make the bet. Does he defy that again this week, this year? I don't, I don't think he does. Um, I'm not down in Tom Brady. I'm going to keep buying him until I just keep going until, uh, you know, he eventually, I mean, he's like the, he's, he's that guy. Um, he's like that gif of, you know, there's like a toe bed, and there's a coffin and he just comes out like that's Tom Brady every single year. Um, but I, I do worry about the, the touchdown production this season and the fact that I just don't know that yep. banking on a bounce back from a 45 year old is where I want to put, but I mean, you're right. Worth, uh, you know, a, a song right now in dynasty Not- leagues and you yep. can, you can get them. All right, that is it for today's show. Thanks again for making Lockdown Dynasty your first listen every day. Subscribe to the Lockdown NFL podcast and get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games with NFL key predictions every Friday. And on Monday, local insiders cover the weekend with game-to-game episodes, Lockdown NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Go follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Maju. Go follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your week. We have only one more game left in the season. So these next two weeks are going to be absolutely miserable as we wait for the Super Bowl. But we'll be here the whole way uh, to continue our team reviews. Get ready for the Super Bowl and the big game. Uh, enjoy your Monday. See you guys next time.